Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fast and Furious Ways to Grow Your Business podcast series with Roy and Ian. My name is Ian Tate. For those of you who don't know him, Roy is a fellow director, vice president and chief marketing officer of the Business Association with over 40 years of executive leadership experience. His latest book in the Be Different or Be Dead series is titled The Audacious Unheard of Ways I Took a Startup to a Billion in Sales. And we've decided to use it as the cornerstone guidebook for our association. And if you join our business association, you and your leadership team each receive a free copy. Today's Fast and Furious growth tip is why a short-term focus is vital to being different and winning. Most businesses think they need to take a long-term strategic view. They've been taught to look at where they need to be five years from now. The problem is that long-term planning horizon makes it easy for businesses to fail on delivering short-term results because they can always deliver later. And boom, hockey stick planning is born. In this episode, we discuss why it's critical to look at your toes and take a short-term view to be different. How can I solve this problem differently now so the benefits can be realized now should be the objective as opposed to having the goal to be different in year four of the planning cycle. Roy, what do you mean by having a short-term focus? So I would call it uh, being strategically myopic in the sense that we're going to focus on achieving near-term results for some of the reasons you mentioned in the intro, but being focused in a a shorter-term planning horizon intentionally uh, to disrupt this longer-term view that, that in my experience, is really hard to keep uh, an execution focus uh, in, in, in mind. And so the other thing is a a short-term planning horizon is more consistent with what's going on in the world. I mean, it's so uncertain, so unpredictable that if you're not short-term focused, okay, in the way you execute, you're going to miss stuff and you won't be nimble enough to move and shake, okay, as as these uncertain and stochastic uh, events hit you. And so a closer look in terms of a time frame, gives you the ability to pay attention to immediate results. And look at at the end of the day, it's all very well to talk about a longer term term plan and be concerned with that. But but you will never achieve long term results if you can't achieve short term results. And so, in my experience, putting the focus on short term, um, while at the same time respecting the general direction that you're going is really the excellent way of keeping a focus on on delivering results and making the plan more relevant. Okay, relevancy exists in the moment. Your plan and strategy have to exist in the moment. Results occur in the moment, not four years from now. They occur right now. And so what we need to do is have a focus, okay, that is consistent with execution and delivering results and that is to be more short-term in the way we strategize in our business than it is long-term. Seems to me the world had that experience too. Anybody with a short-term, or sorry, a long-term plan between 2018 and 2023 that just created it and ignored it wouldn't be able to respond to what happened in 2020. Well, it's it's true. Look at it. For context, it's important. We'll talk about this a bit later. It's important to have a a frame of reference 
or the direction of your or uh, your organization but don't ever believe that that frame of reference okay informs execution execution is formed by a short term a relatively short term plan that recognizes the realities of today not what they could be 4 years from now okay because that's a big gamble to build a business around what you think is going to happen you know 48 months from now in a world it's populated by with nothing but uncertainty unpredictability okay you need to you need to be riding the short term horse is what you need to be in order to make significant progress at least that was my experience so what you're saying is this short term focus is really vital for your business to be different and winning at the same time well yeah i mean if 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 you if you can't if you can't deliver results and perform uh, in a miraculous way, then nothing happens. You can't win uh, and you can't claim any title of being different or unique because those two uh, concepts are means to an end in any event. So if you can't grow your business by looking myopically uh, short term, uh, then, you know, the be different thing is kind of like academic and uh, it's a moot point. So, Roy, what's wrong with the traditional planning model of today? So, so, um, okay, let's stop. I didn't realize you were going on to, 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 uh, I didn't realize that last little blurb was, uh, was a question. So, uh, let's stop, take yeah. a pause and go back and answer or ask, uh, number two. Okay. Sure. No problem. No problem. Yeah. I, I just thought that was being uh, unique and just burying it. Yeah, in you finessed me right out of my routine. <laughs> well, you were being strategically myopic, right? I know. I know. <laughs> okay. So, all right. Win three, two. So, Roy, why do you say a short term focus is vital to being different and winning? So, the, the short term focus, uh, a strategy, okay, by definition, will uh, enhance an organization's ability to execute. And the reality is, uh, most organizations aren't execution focused. And so therefore the whole being different thing and winning thing is, is about that element. If you can execute flawlessly, regardless of what your plan is, you can take a mediocre plan and, and out hustle everybody and you're going to have an advantage. Okay. Well, you can't out hustle in year four today. Okay. You can only out hustle yeah, exactly. today. And so yeah. again, that's why short-term focus is necessary. So it will give you and advantages in terms of your ability to execute. And as a result of that, your results and your performance will, will absolutely um, be, be improved. The future is the result of being short-term successful. That's it. All right. It just doesn't happen. You can't skip over the next two years and be successful. You have to earn the right to be successful in year four by being successful today, tomorrow, the day after, etc. Now, what the heck? Isn't that being short-term focused? Yes. And yet, why is it, Ian, why is it that the world, academics, pundits, so-called leadership or experts, uh, they denigrate being short-term focused? Good leaders are long-term focused. They got to be macho image. Okay, you have to have longer-term longer context. But you don't deliver results that way. You have to deliver them in a short-term way. And so if you're able to do that, if you're able to be execution-focused, you will have a strategic advantage. You will outperform everybody else. 
and you will be different because most people simply do not do that. So, so what would you think is wrong with the traditional business planning model, Roy? How much time do we have, Ian? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, three minutes. Go. No. <laughs> so I'm being, I'm being, I'm being my strategically myopic, Roy. I'm confining yeah. you to three minutes. Go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, just a couple of points here. And again, uh, traditional planning uh, made sense in tradition. Okay, it it did. It had some benefits in the past, where the environment had relatively more continuity where competition wasn't as aggressive, where the rate of change wasn't as as rapid, where technology was relatively stable. Um, But today, that's not the world we're living in. And the application of traditional planning today has several issues in my mind. And these are just Roy's mind en route to a billion. First of all, it takes too much time. Look at we're all we're all suffering from bandwidth uh, problems. Okay, we've got a limited amount of time, we've got a limited amount of resources, and we can't take a whole lot of time to create something over a five year period that may never happen. Okay, so a different model is needed, and we'll talk about that shortly. Too time consuming, too rigid. I mean, today's planning session sessions have a, a very very specific format to follow uh, with subject matter experts and the ability to deviate that, that with from that it sometimes is constraining it's too expensive most organizations cannot spend three months okay with an expert to develop a strategy for their organization they just can't it's way too expensive um traditional planning spends way too much time trying to get the direction perfect Okay, so planning sessions that I've sat in that use this technique typically spend 80% of the time on getting the direction perfect and then 20% figuring out how to execute it. Well, first of all, what defines a perfect strategy? I don't know. I have my own definition of what will work, but there's a lot of people that try to get you to be perfect according to some set of dogma that's been promulgated by experts and academics and textbooks. Okay, there's no such thing as a perfect anything. And to to try and plan to that is nonsensical in my view. SWATs, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats are insufficient because they lack this uniqueness lens that I continue to talk about to our members. This, this, This lens about you can't be better, you can't be best. You can't have a strength unless it's a unique strength. So the comment I would make is if everyone claims to have similar strengths, how is that helpful? Okay, so all, it, all you're doing is saying, yeah, I'm good at marketing along with a herd of another 100,000 people. Well, that, is, that assessment doesn't really help you create a strategy that's unique, okay, that will drive performance through the roof. So it'll be different lens when you look at these SWATs deal with things like what unique strengths do I have? What unique weaknesses must I eradicate? What unique opportunities are there out there that only match our competencies? And what unique threats do we face and no one else does? Okay, if we have that sort of analysis around the the evaluation of strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, then in my view, at least 
we're heading in the right direction. But at the moment, this kind of like absolute analysis of what you're good at, what you're not good at, is not very helpful in my opinion. Differentiation is missing in action in traditional planning. Now, I know that they talk about the unique selling proposition and all that stuff. But if you break it down, it's replete with claptrap, aspirations, and narcissism. We're the best. We're better. We're number one. We're the market leader, which, first of all, I don't know who defines that. And it's they're not operational as opposed to being the only one that does what you do. So that's my that is a huge issue I have with traditional planning is literally effective uh, declaration of of differentiation is missing. And I guess the last thing I will say is that the fourth year of a five year plan never shows up. It doesn't. Because it doesn't show up today. It's not meaningful today. Right. In terms of, of, of the results that you 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 produce because it doesn't. Um, emphasize execution. And so traditional planning is problematic. It's it's too consuming. It's too rigid. It's too expensive. I, it spends too much time trying to get the plan perfect. It relies on a, on a, on a, on a sort of uh, historical view of what your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats are. Doesn't have a be different lens. Differentiation is missing in action. Doesn't emphasize execution. And the fourth year of a five-year plan never shows Right. And you can look on your shelf and see a beautiful spiral bind bounder with complete with tabs and a lovely colorful front cover that cost you $50,000. Yeah. And that's a real, that's a real issue, particularly for, for our members, of course, who, who would never do that anyways, but right. to the extent that they've dabbled in this, they will get not only a, a, a document that will gather dust, it will never have blood stains on the pages from paper cuts that you get when you actually try and use it to record results and, and inform execution, right? And so um, we need to come up with a different a different model. Uh, right. and, uh, and we've been able to do that. And it's very, very helpful to some of our members. Boy, what a leading response. Thank you for that. <laughs> so I'll bite. How do you create a strategy that's short-term focused, Roy? Yeah, so so uh, I'm I'm going to talk about the strategic game planning process that we have talked about with yep. members in the past. We've had a, an in-person learning session, but it bears repeating, okay? Because it's yep. it's it's such an effective execution vehicle. My process, the process I had to create to get this startup going on a trajectory to a billion, was all about execution. Okay, and so the planning model around the SGP, let's call it strategic game yep. plan, is all about enabling execution. And it does so in a really simple way. Okay. In fact, if you look at if you look at all of the issues that I had with traditional planning, it counters every one of them. It doesn't take a lot of time. It's very flexible. It's team building. It's relatively inexpensive. It spends time on execution and gets the plan just about right, it doesn't reflect SWATs in the traditional way. It looks for uniquenesses as a part of the as part of the planning process. It uses differentiation as key. And it the plan is literally 24 periods of 30 days. Okay, that's how we look at this thing. So it's heavy, heavy on execution. It is created, the strategic game plan is created by answering three simple questions. Question number one, 
how big do you want to be? Okay, that's a declaration of top line revenue growth. How much right. revenue do you want in 24 months? 24 by 30 day periods to keep the focus on execution. That's what how big is it is all about. So if you're sitting at a million, do you want to be at 2 million? Do you want to be at 5 million? The reason we ask the, the how big question first is that it informs yep. the character and the risk profile of the strategy. A strategy that gets you an extra million will look completely different than a strategy that gets you 5 million. And that's why we start. That's why I started by asking that question, right? To deal with the numbers. The numbers in terms of how big drive the efficacy and the detail of the strategy. So that's the first question. And and by the way, uh, it's it's um it's not for the for the fair, faint of heart dealing with how big. Okay, because unless you're declaring something audacious, then we don't accept it. Like like how big drives innovation. And if you already know how to achieve it, you have no motivation to be innovative, right? And so right. part of what I try and do with with organizations that want to use this process is I try and push push the how big as 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 far as you can get it as as big get the how big as big as you can because it will provide a greater incentive to do things differently so the second question that it leads to is okay you now you know how much revenue that you want to drive out in in uh, 24 months who do you want to serve where are you going to get the money from the second question is who do you want to serve now this is all about defining customer groups that have the latent potential to deliver that revenue that you say you want. And so we try and minimize the number of customer groups because we're all strained with limited resources in terms of time and, and money. And so we don't want to chase everybody. This is not about a general market definition. This is about finite customer groups that we understand are, are ripe to deliver the revenue that we, we've just declared we want to achieve. So part of the part of the the who to serve answer as well is once we've got those clusters of customers defined, we take a deep dive into defining exactly what they crave. This is a hugely important part of the process. It's not about defining what they need because everybody is likely to be pl playing into the need space. It's about defining what these customers crave what they covet, what they lust for, what they desire, okay? Because it's in that space that my experience has shown that you can be relatively price insensitive, i.e. you can charge higher prices because there's less competition. In fact, in some cases, there's no competition. Everybody's playing into needs, not into cravings. And it also informs the cravings piece, informs the answer to the next question, which is how to compete and win. Given that you're going to be achieving X amount of money from specific customer segments and understand what they crave, how are we going to compete and win? And this is all about developing the only statement, which we've talked about in other podcasts. Not we're the best at, but we are the only ones who. And so the piece of work here is to carve out what you're unique at relative to the cravings that you've defined. So the point I want to make, this isn't about a general declaration of, of what you're good at to the market. It's, it's, it's a declaration to the customers that you've chosen to serve who have certain cravings that only you can satisfy. 
And so when we answer those three questions and put it together, you basically basically got a strategy. Okay, we do this in two days, Ian. This is a 48-hour um, deep dive into getting the plan just about right and yep. just boiling the ocean when it comes to execution. And, um, and, and so uh, already we're starting to see some, some interest uh, being expressed by some of our members uh, who are saying, hey, listen, I need to figure out a way to get my performance up. Can you help me? And and I'm doing that, and they're they're receiving the benefits, and so I would I would encourage uh, our members to ask and reach out to us, Ian, so that we yep. can help them. The culture that we're trying to get 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 going here around execution says it's okay to get your strategy statement on in terms of direction just about right. It's okay to say let's head west. And we'll figure out through execution where exactly West we will end up because we really don't have any understanding of that when we start. It's not because we're dumb. It's because we don't have any magical box, right, that shows us what tomorrow is going to be like. We have to learn that. And the way we learn it is through execution. Great stuff. So um, in closing then, Roy, what single piece of advice would you give a member or one of our listeners to start making their business execution ready. I mean, in a positive way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the first point I would say, and, and it's kind of a segue from the last is you need to create your strategic game plan. Okay. That is fundamentally there to provide an execution focus. You can't simply take what you're doing and say, we're going to execute it better. That's that's not what we're talking about here. You need to be executing around the key things, the key imperatives that will drive growth in your business. And what I've discovered is using the strategic game planning approach that I created is very, very helpful. It is so easy. Look, at I'm not a complicated dude, Ian. I mean, if it works for me, it will work for everybody. And the other thing you can you can take to the bank is it's worked. It has proven results. And so that would be the first thing that I would say. Um, other comments around this would be, look, at always be inspired to be unique. And so if you want to be execution ready, you have to be unique. You can't be execution ready if you're part of a herd. And so think about this whole notion of being different that forms an essential part of this association's vision and values. Thinking about a way to stand apart not fit in. Think about a way to create new boxes as opposed to outside the box. Color outside the lines. Be contrarian. Be a disruptor. All of those words, boldness, courageousness, they define what eventually leads to a plan that can be executed in a way nobody else can. And that's what we need to get people comfortable with at the end of the day. Um, if you're using and if you're comfortable with traditional planning, uh, and that's okay if you are. In my opinion, it's it's not the appropriate response. But if it's one that you feel comfortable, at least overlay this notion of being different. Okay, will you do that for me? And so if you're if you're mm -hmm. actually using a traditional approach, try and overlay the concept of the only statement when you start talking about strengths and weaknesses. Uh, overlay the notion of execution when you start talking about objectives and who's going to be doing what. That at least will get you leaning into a way that that might inspire you 
to to adopt a different paradigm for planning. Keep your processes simple. You can't be you cannot be <clears throat> execution ready if you got a complicated insight. You need to look at the processes and the systems that you've got with one simple question: How can I reduce the complexity? How can I re-engineer the process to give me fewer handoffs? How can I re-engineer the process to make it faster? How can I empower people to deliver faster? Execution is about speed. Speed is a competitive advantage. Some people have criticized me for um, advocating speed because, well, yeah, speed can get you doing the wrong things. And I say, how do you ever know unless you do it? I mean, give me a break, students. The only way you learn is not through thinking. You learn through doing. Now, you don't want to, you don't go out there trying to make mistakes. Who does? But you go out there with the unknown in mind and you learn what works. Okay. That's what that's, that's what this is all about. And so speed is really important because you want to try stuff fast, don't you? Why do you want to do that? Because you want to learn as fast as you can what works and what doesn't work. You can't do that if you're pondering direction. You have to get out there and do stuff. And so the empowerment piece is huge in terms of, of getting organizations execution ready. Uh, focus on the customer engagement process and streamline it. Okay, we've spoken of this in, in other podcasts under the customer serving strategy, which is a huge piece is that if you do not have a, a customer serving process that's simple and streamlined, it chokes the inside, it introduces friction and not more viscosity, and at the end of the day, infuriates people and uh, allows you to not execute. And so you need to take a deep dive into that. And as I mentioned, look specifically at what your inside is. What are the friction points in terms of delivery? Where are the opportunities to grease those uh, processes and improve viscosity so that you can deliver faster. And so a couple of points for, for people who want to get going on this. You need a strategic game plan, Ian. You need to look for uniqueness. You need to overlay be different if you happen to be infatuated with traditional planning. You need to, need to keep your processes simple. You need to minimize handoffs. You need to empower people for speed because speed is a competitive advantage and speed will allow you to execute better. You need to focus on customer engagement and the processes it has to en enable them and streamline it and get rid of the friction. Adopt more processes that will get you more viscosity to get a clean inside. Thanks, Roy. And can you imagine if somebody had uh, just completed a... Uh... Strategic game plan today, 31st of January, 2024, that in uh, two short years, 31st of January, 2026, they'd be looking at the next phase of their next strategic game plan and uh, looking at all the successes, hopefully, that they've achieved over time. Anyway, well, listeners, that's a wrap. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back again soon with another Fast and Furious Gross Tip as part of our Fast and Furious Ways to Grow Your Business podcast series available on our website www.northdeltabusiness.ca slash podcast and on Spotify. And if you do check our podcast page, you can listen 
for a lovely 28 minutes and 26 seconds, how to create a game plan for your business in just 48 hours. It was posted on the 18th of October, 2023.